Hello, everyone. My name is always Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship, and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than, more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube, and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow morning. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes up. If you are joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves, and drop a two in the comments <laughs> if you're watching the recording. My guest for this week is Spokazi Jojo, professional accountant, director, business rescue practitioner, and treasurer general of the Association for the Advancement of Black Accountants in South Africa. Spokazi, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness, I feel like I am a cat who was about to be skinned but escaped. <laughs> as long as you got here, that's the most important thing, especially after that long introduction. Oh my goodness, if I would tell everybody everything that has happened until this second, they wouldn't believe it. But uh, like you said, there are other ways and two ways to skin a cat. I escaped, I'm that cat, so we are here today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's do it. Let's jump straight into let's jump straight into it. Tell us your story, where do you come from, and even outside of work, who is Pokazi Jojo? Oh my goodness. If I have to say that we will stay here the whole day. The problem is you have someone here who talks too much. So please, please be my clock watcher. When I am starting to go overboard, just say, okay, that's enough. That's it for today. That's fine. <laughs> So basically, Pogazi Jojo is from uh, the legendary province, Eastern Cape. I was born and bred here. I did my high school at um, KZN, and then I went to do my tertiary at uh, Cape Town. So I've been around. <laughs> I'm a traveler of our beautiful country, yes. So how it all started, actually, this is all my mom's fault, because she... <laughs> She actually did accounting when she was uh, older from uh, a, a college somewhere around here. I think she did a small, uh, what do you call this, book bookkeeping course. And then she liked it. And then this other day, I'm saying to you when I was young that, okay, fine, now I want to change school. I want to go to a school that's in town because I'm born, I was born in rural areas. So I'm ready for an upgrade, mom. What do I need to do? And then she says, you will do it only if you promise that you're going to do commercial subjects when you get there. I'm like, bring it. I don't care. So the whole point was for me to go to a school in town and then we had a deal with my mom. And then when I got there, my accounting teacher, her name is Miss Ngeu, oh, she was great. And then I started loving economics as well. And then I fell in love with the whole entire commercial subject. And then in high school, of course, because I was doing commercial subjects from uh, my uh, junior years, when I was in high school, then I did uh, commercial subjects as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it got worse, okay? Because uh, my accounting teacher there was even better, okay? So uh, my teachers just kept encouraging us about uh, being accountants and all of that. You know, most, the whole thing about when you're doing accounting in South Africa is you, you want to be a chartered accountant. So it was always up there, all of that. You must do this, you must do this, you must do that. So accounting was always there in my life from a very young age. Um, so I was kind of, in a way, 
inevitable for me to end up where I am. And then, I, of course, then I went to Tertiary in Cape Town. I did my become, uh, I'm sorry, my BTEC in internal auditing. I'm currently doing my master's now. So it's been a long journey in different provinces, but uh, here we are, and I'm doing these things from different provinces as well. So I, <laughs> I'm a traveling accountant, if we can put it like that. So it started from a very young age, and it's my mom's fault. I want to say that again. <laughs> and the outside of work, give us oh, a little uh, bit. Outside of work, I am a person who likes traveling. So you can imagine how it's been like since there's COVID. I feel suffocated because I can't go to places that I want to go to. I am a mom. I have one biological child and many children. Uh, be it from mentoring them in accounting or in other careers. I just, I just like making sure that when there's somebody who needs me, I help. So I consider those kids that are out there who ask me for stuff, my kids as well, because um, I am here because some people shared their own wisdom. So um, also I talk a lot and I like hanging out with my friends where we have robust discussions about everything. Uh, so uh, basically I just like traveling. I like watching series. <coughs> I'm sorry. Guys, please apologize. I apologize. I've, <laughs> I've had a very interesting couple of no, hours. <laughs> so I'm still trying to catch my breath. Um, I love watching series. Uh, so I, I binge on Showmax and Netflix and all of that. <laughs> I love reading books, even though I don't have enough time. Uh, so so far, um, these days, I'm very much interested in the political stuff. So that's happening in our country. So I'm reading books about that. And I'm, I'm very interested as well in knowing about the economy, how it works um, in South Africa and internationally. And... Um, I am very much passionate about business. So anything that has to do with business, I am there. Um, the budget speech and the sauna and all of those things are pretty much interesting to me because uh, this is the direction that we need to know where, where our country is taking. So we need to be uh, on our feet. And of course, every accountant here knows you have to know what's going on with the budget speech here, understand? So uh, basically, that's me. There's a lot of things that are going on, but I'm just making a summary. Okay, no, that, that, that's, a great, that's a great summary. But, but let's switch a little bit to, to your, your current position. So you're based in London. Most of the professionals that I've met from the Eastern Cape have left for Joburg or left for Cape Town or Durban or overseas. What made you yeah. stay? Yeah, that was also, a, what can we say, a long time coming decision. So when I went to Cape Town, um, I had to leave. Remember, I said I, I went to do my uh, my high school in Guazulu Natal, okay? So it was closer to home, and I could go home every now and then. And then uh, I needed to go away to Cape Town, and I said to myself, it's time I learned to be more independent. So I left, and I went to Cape Town. But um, after, let's say, about five years, I knew that when I'm done with my leadership, um, 
and I'm done with everything that I want to do in Cape Town. I want to go to Joburg and Pretoria, whichever way, and see how things are there. And once I did that, I knew that the next step was to go home. I had always wanted to acquire as much skill as I can and be exposed to different cultures and different ways of doing things and then go home and make sure that I, I don't want to say give back, uh, actually, just to make sure that um, there are people here who bring all of the things that everybody has in big cities here, you know, so that um, Eastern Cape is known for being um, one of the poorest provinces in South Africa. And it's not going to change if we keep going uh, places and expecting that um, somebody's going to come back and do something about it. So I had made a decision a long time ago that um, I'm going to acquire some skills and then I'm going to come back home and put my mark on it. I want to build this legacy that um, I have done everything that I can to make sure that my province can prosper. Therefore, then, um, if my province prospers, of course, then it benefits the entire South Africa. <clears throat> so it's an intentional decision. It's an intentional and, and decision. And you've got your experience to... everywhere else. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've, I know, Actually, I know the chill of um cape town i know how it's like to be people in cape town are very chill day eh? it's like a holiday <laughs> so i know the chill of cape town and i also know the hurry of Gauteng, you know because i've been there and then it's a different thing all together in eastern cape it's a different landscape altogether so i had to learn to in fact relearn to be an Eastern Caper altogether. So it's been an, a, an exciting journey to reconnect with my province, with my people, and the way we do things around here. Let's, let's stick on, on this Eastern Cape theme quickly. Are, are there opportunities for, for, for young professionals in the Eastern Cape? What are those opportunities like? Let's be honest, it's not as it is in other provinces, right? Because, of course, there's high unemployment. That's number one, which shows that the opportunities here are not as much as they are somewhere else. You understand? And then um, there's poverty levels are high as well, which means then there are problems with infrastructures. Blah, 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 blah. So let's be honest about it. It's not the same as it is in Gauteng. In fact, it's only Cape Town in South Africa that can compete with Gauteng. So, um, it's not the same as it is in KZN as well. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. I'm not saying there aren't opportunities, but they are not as much as they are as abundant. Let me put it like that. They are not as abundant as you would find in Joburg and uh, Cape Town, which are the hubs for our careers here in South Africa. But you know what I like about that? That means then there is this vast province that is fertile with opportunity for us to create it ourselves. You see, because um, if we if we are the province that export the skills, it means that it's not that we don't have it. It's just that it's not it's not conducive for us to stay. So um, you if you stay in our province, there are certain sacrifices that you're gonna have to make. Uh, for example, your salary may not be compatible with someone who is in Joburg. Uh, fair enough. Uh, the standard of living. <laughs> funny enough, people think it's cheaper here, but it's not. I had to learn that the hard way. So there are things that um are not the same 
but it's it's this big big opportunity for people who are pioneers to say you know what i'm gonna take on a challenge i'm gonna come here and i'm gonna make something that was not here before or maybe i'm going to cultivate something that is already here and make it better see so i don't want to give people false hope and say come to the land of honey and milk yes we are legends but we still have a long way to go and we need more people to be intentional about building our province. And I think that, that gives a, that gives the audience a good understanding. For the audience, if you've got any questions for Spokazi, please add them to the comments. We'll deal with all the questions towards the end. Um, I see also, that, like you mentioned, you're a business rescue practitioner. To me, that sounds very daunting. It's like forensic auditing or like is there ever any success in the field? Like how do you manage to be in that environment that's probably so negative? Hey, you know what makes it even more negative? It's the headlines, right? You hardly ever see... In fact, I don't think I have, besides the networks that I belong to. Um, in the normal media, I put it like normal mainstream media, I don't think I've ever seen a successful business rescue article, you know, painting out the beautiful picture about what happens about business rescue. But then again, let's be fair, business rescue is still new in South Africa. Even though it's been programmed for a while, uh, people are still learning about how it works because in South Africa, people were just into liquidation. You understand? So if things go bad, we just liquidate and move on this whole thing of business rescue when it it came in uh people were not paying attention there were just few people who were doing it and then those people who were doing it were actually experiencing a lot of strain because um you have to do something that hasn't been done that it, it, it practically has no history in south africa but other countries you know so you are pioneering this thing and it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do all together you know because uh, if there are financial troubles, that means that um, the, <clears throat> there are strategies that need to be changed and all of that. And it's painful, you know, when people were used to certain things and now they can't do those things anymore. So my point is um, I haven't practiced yet. I, I, I haven't done a rescue myself. I'm just following what is going on in the industry. But I know a couple of people who have. It's not an easy thing to do, hey? And each rescue could take up to three years uh, on its own. So, um, and during that time, you may not get paid uh, like now, now. So you have to have some resources to keep going uh, while you are at it, which is why um, <clears throat> what Cypher does when you apply to be a business rescue practitioner, uh, there is a long question. <laughs> There's a long questionnaire there uh, for them trying to see if you are really committed to doing it. And there was a question there that, that, that said, do you have income coming from somewhere else? <laughs> because um, the thing is, the, we don't want you to be pressured into making certain decisions now because you want money. So um, it's a really tough process, but I like tough things. You know, I like making tough decisions. And um, it's one thing also that accountants should look into because um, once you get into it, you learn that it's it's, a, it's really not just about finance, you know. Um, it's about making sure that um, a, a legacy, somebody's legacy, they, they started this business and uh, somewhere along the line, 
things didn't financially go according to plan. So now what do we do to make sure that um, we don't uh, close this business so that the employees still have a job and then the creditors get paid and, you know, and then it becomes a war, of course, because everybody wants the legal money they can get that. It's a long, long, long thing, but um, it, it's it's a beautiful thing if you look at the overall picture of um being an accountant. You know the value that you can add into making sure the businesses, especially SMMEs, are sustainable in South Africa. So I'm really honored to actually be in that space as well. Okay, okay, no, that gives me. I had no idea. It gives me a good understanding. But let's switch a little bit. Let's talk about her. Firstly, uh, congratulations on your appointment. <laughs> yes, thank you. No, no pressure. <laughs> but you're you're a new board with new ideas. What do you have planned for us in your in your? Oh, my goodness! I feel like this moment. I need my chair, Linda. You know, she would nail <laughs> okay. this okay. question. She would nail it. But you know what? Abasa is a movement, you know? And I am so blessed and so honored to be one of the people who are actually at the top and making decisions. And I'm pretty sure people have seen what's going on in Abasa. They have seen that it's different, it's vibrant, and there's a lot of things going on. And if I could count, unfortunately, <clears throat> I am a board member now. I can't say things. <laughs> I can't say certain things that are going on inside the board meetings. But I can let you know just now that there is a lot of things that we have in plan, especially with my president, Linda. She is not playing games, hey? She is out here being everywhere, doing everything and making... But just look out on our social media. Um, We post everything that is going on in there. So um, just keep a look out there. They, especially now, there's also the budget speech coming on. And like I said, we are accountants. We need to be all over stuff like that. Um. So Abasa is involved in different platforms with that. And even after the budget speech is gone, there is a lot of stuff that we are going to be doing. So if you're not an Abasa member, please go to uh, our social medias. There's, oh, there are pinned posts there for membership. You click in there and you check. And please just ask and make sure you know who is um the structure, the exco in your branch, because those are the people that are going to be uh, pushing the agenda from the top. So you must know who is who, where, and participate, because that's what APASA is about, you know? You stand up and say, you know what, I want to be counted. When there are school visits that needs to be done, you say, no, I'm going, because kids need to see that this is what an accountant does, this is what an accountant looks like in real life. So it's like fun. I did them a few years ago. They are they are a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Those kids will give you energy you had forgotten leaves inside you. <laughs> Definitely. I've signed up. Well, I've been a member for a while. So if you if, if you're out there, think about signing up. I see also that um you are cyber proud. You mentioned it earlier. The organization yes. also seems yes. to be doing a lot more these days, making a difference to his members. Uh, maybe because I was on the outside looking in four or five years ago, I knew very little about the organization, but now I see them everywhere. Uh, I don't know yes. if, if, you, if you are involved there at all. <laughs> you know me, I like things. <laughs> 
So I am not involved with Saipa National, but I am involved with Saipa in Eastern Cape. I am a vice president of the border district, which is the East London district. Um, and like you're saying also, I am very and extremely Saipa proud. You know, we are always there, hashtag, hashtag all the time. And um, I also agree with you, Saipa is popping hard. It's like there was a breath, a button that was pressed and we just accelerated. And I love seeing what is happening you know i'm always looking forward to seeing what is on the social media what is happening there um not only the things that are happening in my region but the things that are happening um <clears throat> i'm sorry the things that are happening in national and i would be really bad if i didn't say happy 40th birthday to saipa 40 years and here we are having a lack of time and um if you see now on the um, on our social media Saipa is uh, featuring a couple of people who are Saipa members who are doing great things and I really really like that initiative because then we get to see other people doing things you know you don't feel like you're the only person hustling and bustling when you see other people other professional accountants doing amazing things and you say you know what this is what it's all about so um, i am lucky to be in organizations that are actually very vibrant at this moment i feel like well, you know what i just got put in the mix of it all movers and shakers movers and shakers but it's a good, good time, good time <laughs> you you mentioned it earlier you touched on it slightly you said you, you're doing your master's in internal audit at cput so yes. my question is why did you, because based on what, why did you choose internal audit and why CPUT and how is it going? Okay, first of all, CPUT was because I wanted to go to Cape Town. You know, I just wanted to go <laughs> far. I knew it was time to learn to be independent. Okay, so it was either going to be uh, CPUT, UWC or UCT. But then I was late in applying for the universities, but I got a spot at CPUT. And then <clears throat> when I got there, we were informed that the curriculum was changing. I'm that old. <laughs> the curriculum was changing. So we were going to have um, a national higher certificate for accounting for two years. And then on your third year, you choose which stream you want. You could do income tax. You can do uh, uh, cost accounting. And then you can do internal auditing or financial accounting. So, and then when I had a look at which one would give me more choices and be much broader, while well, it was internal auditing. Only because um, I, I loved costing, but I didn't want to be a cost accountant. Um, all of that, all of those decisions to be a cost accountant um, felt a little bit restrictive for me at that moment, okay? So it's because I'm only going to work for a certain environment for me to be able to contribute to be a, a cost accountant, you know? So I felt like, okay, with, with internal auditing, I have all of the major subjects from tax, and from auditing and from accounting, you know? So all of them are in one space, I can do it. Then when I get out, I can decide if I wanna be a tax practitioner only, or if I wanna mix it up with accounting, or if I want to do auditing, because the nice thing about internal auditing is it, it actually also relates to external auditing. There's other stuff that are more or less the same. So I just had more options the way I looked at it at that time, I had more options if I did internal auditing. So, of course, then I, I, I ended up being a professional accountant because it was inevitable.
<laughs> but I mean, I said, that was your undergrad journey. But I mean, the fact that you went back to do your masters means, I mean, you you still on that train. You're not. Uh, you're not deciding yeah. to do something else. How? Oh, but you know, internet auditing got a grab of me, eh? It doesn't want me to. It doesn't want to let go. Um, basically, the reason that I'm continuing it's the whole system. I look at things in detail and in a bigger picture. You know, uh, I'm a person who would like to do uh, almost everything that has to do with business. You know, maybe one of these days I'm gonna be a marketing practitioner because <laughs> I really like to learn as much as I can with business and it made sense for me to actually have a look because i i'm passionate about especially smmes you know because um we are getting left behind uh with the economy the way that it's going and i did some research uh before i decided because i could have done masters in accounting or tax so before i i made my decision i did some research on what is one of the reasons that uh smm is failed within uh their five years of existence and one of them is that they're not skilled enough uh, and, and then it's management problems and then internal auditing helps a lot with management problems, you know. So if I have a client that is struggling financially and then I can ask them what is going on, you had contracts and all of that, but what happened? And then my clients can be able to tell me about their internal stuff, you know, that's not going on okay. Then I can help in that situation because I understand the internal auditing part of it. Like, okay, so this is how the process is supposed to work. The problem is... It's not that you're not making money. It's that your processes are not working according to what they're supposed to. So you need to either upskill yourself or upskill your staff or do whatever it is. So in that perspective, I still do feel like I have some uh, some bones in me that I can actually share on that side. I I don't think I will be a practicing internal auditor. I'm sorry, okay. Julia, send the IIA. Um, I, may, I may be an associate because I will always want to contribute, you know, to to that part of um uh the, the that pillar of the business. But I can do it academically and practically. I don't want to be an internal auditor. I I have friends who are internal auditors. It's not easy. I am not going there. <laughs> I no, am not funny. going there. Uh, this is a question I like to ask all my guests. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Oh, hmm. I, I, I keep thinking, what would, I would actually say you're on the right track. Don't worry, you are on the right track. Because um, when we make all of these decisions, sometimes we get overwhelmed. Uh, like, for example, now I have my accounting firm. I'm studying here. I'm a mom. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. You know, and I have all of these uh, things that I'm juggling. Sometimes I just sit and like, why? All of this unprovoked. Nobody asked you to do this. Why? And then um, I remember, okay, there's a bigger picture here. There's a legacy I'm building here. So I would tell myself, you know what? Just keep going. Sometimes just breathe, take a breath, and then pick it up and, and keep going. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Perfect. It doesn't look like there are any questions, so it means that you've answered all the questions in, in, in what you've said before, which is great. But Thank any you. last few words from you or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? 
Okay, so I am a participating person, okay? Uh, there is a thing that people say in politics when they want you to be involved in something they're involved in. They say, be an active citizen. I am that person. I'm an active person. And whatever thing that I'm involved in, let's say, um, whatever bothers me, I want to find a solution for it. I would like to say to everybody, you know what? Be an active citizen in your corner. Do the things that you can. Uh, sometimes we want to do grand things, you know, um, uh, be it president of this and rada, chairperson of that. But sometimes, you know what? Doing a small thing is what makes a difference to other people. So uh, be an active citizen. For example, now um, I, I bought some uh, sanitary pads and brought them to a local school. They were so happy, you know, little things like that. And I realized you know, I could spread it more. I can get more sanitary pads and give to more schools. These are things that are not really hard for me to do, but they make a difference to a whole lot of kids. So in whatever it is that you can do outside of your daily work, whatever is going to fulfill you, what's going to make your heart, you know, when you go to sleep and you're like, you know what, um, I did something nice for someone today. Um, so do that. Even if you start a little tiny soup kit, feeding two people, making sure they have food every day. You know, these things go a long way. And then, of course, be an active citizen in your profession. Um, if you don't hold people accountable who are making decisions about your career, then you're going to have to stand and look as your career is driven by other people. So if you're an accountant and you haven't joined the BASA, you're going to let people make decisions in your branches where you are supposed to make decisions yourself. So be there, understand what is going on and all the things that you actually participate in you will see the difference when you actually stand up and have your voice and then other people will start seeing that you know what um it's not only based on other people's decisions i can do something as well so be bright in the corner where you are it's a great way to end be an active citizen yes the show has been live on youtube and will be available on podcast tomorrow if you're watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast and you feel that it's added value to you, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on the notification bell so that you get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Spokazi, thank you so much for your time. Ah, thank you so much for inviting me. You know what I wanted to say? <clears throat> I thought I was going to say this in the beginning, but I just wanted to say also, you know, I'm actually enjoying your platform. You know, you're bringing us really good people and people we, we didn't know about before. When you get to see that there are people out there who are doing great things, you get motivated. So please do keep it up and keep showing us all the great things that everybody in our beautiful country is doing. We might be experiencing some really horrible economic situations, but everybody in their little corners is trying and doing everything. And you have hosted some amazing people here. That includes uh, Ulinda, my president from Abasa, and Ukanta, my chairperson from Usaipa. So I'm really looking at I'm liking what you're doing. We're liking it. So keep going. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.